All right, we're back at it for another episode. Hey, Allie, are you doing okay? I'm feeling rather blue, actually. I mean, I don't know. This whole situation, it's definitely starting to get to me. I'm with you, Allie. I mean, it's like one day is bleeding into the next. It's a lot. I've watched Golden Girls reruns like all the time, and I'm starting to take on the mannerisms of Blanche. (laughs) (laughs) Joe, that is really weird. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds rough, Joe, and you aren't alone. I know it's rough for a lot of people right now, lawyers included. Yeah, I agree. No one should be practicing law right now. That's not that's not what I was saying, Andy. I I know what I heard. <laughs> well, while Andy envisions a lawyerless world, the rest of us here at Fine Laws Don't Judge Me are going to try to help our friends in the profession deal with the stress that comes with being a lawyer, even on the best of days. Welcome once again to Fine Laws Don't Judge Me, the podcast about the real life of lawyering. I'm Laura Temme. Through the wonders of technology, I'm joined by our usual crew, Allie Marshall. Hey. (laughs) You took a long time to say hi to me. Are you napping over there? Uh, Maybe. Just because we're recording remotely doesn't mean you can sleep on the job, bud. (laughs) It's just not going to work. I'm tired. All right. Who else do we have? Andy Leonetti. What's up? <laughs> That's better. <laughs> and Joe Fabush. Hey, everybody. I'm awake, at least. <laughs> oh, good. So this is our second episode of recording with everyone at home. How is everybody doing? Meh. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get one yeah. word sounds and utterances <laughs> for me today. <laughs> That's really great when you work on a podcast with somebody. Thank you for that. <laughs> I'll say for me, it's all it's all getting to me. Uh, the like intense boredom of everything. However, <laughs> I have started to realize that one very small portion of my life is very good right now. And that's that I have not had to commute for two months. And <laughs> that part has made me extraordinarily happy recently but everything else Mm -hmm. everything else sucks yeah i I think i'd agree with that (laughs) yeah i'm i'm not bored but it is getting to me um you know my kids need to get out to gymnastics and they need to run around and they need to you know go to school for one thing Uh, Mm -hmm. not not having school is is pretty rough and trying to juggle the the demands of the job with you know Making sure that my seven-year-old does her math homework, uh, you know, it, it's, it's hard to juggle that. Yeah, I think that's something that a lot of people are struggling with right now. Yeah, the distance learning is is tough um, because, yeah, I have a job and <laughs> teaching isn't like something that I'm necessarily good at, probably. Um, but, yeah, that's a struggle with the kids at home for sure. I mean, there's a reason most parents did not become teachers. It's because they didn't want to. It's because they didn't want to be a teacher, and now all of a sudden, yeah. <laughs> the teacher—it's yeah, a skill. That is very man. true. I don't have it. Absolutely. Then yeah. you've got you've got all these people on Twitter and Facebook being like, "You're not very good at teaching," and it's like, "Well, <laughs> no crap. I'm this not good my at job. teaching. Like, it's not my job." Yeah. Yeah. I think I definitely, so I definitely cut my kids some slack um, these past couple months, even with the learning part two and screen time and everything that we usually have rules about, we're we're definitely cutting them slack. But 
I also tend to be somebody who has a pretty healthy dose of perspective. And this week I've allowed myself to not have that. (laughs) And just to be like, you know what? This is not fun. And even though I know, Mm -hmm. like, again, the the perspective is I know I'm I'm one of the lucky ones. I'm employed and I have, um, you know, I like my family. (laughs) Um, And I, you know, I have a comfortable place to be um, in isolation, but it's still really mentally tough. Yeah, absolutely. I think that May being mental health month could not have come at a better time for everyone, you know? Yeah, yeah. We've ta- we have we have talked about mental health days on a prior episode. And I think right now it's very important to also embrace the concept of mental health week and or month mm-hmm. and or year or, de- <laughs> or decade. <laughs> I got away from you a little bit, but I like the sentiment. You know... Allie was mentioning, like, I'm one of the lucky ones. And, you know, that may be true, but it's also true that you can still be feeling bad, even if you're one of the lucky ones. And that's not something that mm-hmm. we need yes. to apologize for. And so, yes, you yeah, know, definitely. If, if Mental Health Week comes up and you're like, well, you know, I should be OK and I should be grateful. I mean, maybe that's true, but it's also OK to say, all right, you know what? I I need to take this seriously and still do what I need to do mm-hmm. to be mentally healthy. Yep. Yeah, yeah, rock on, Joe. Well, it's, it's OK to have a, ba- have a bad day, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. There, it's, it's OK to have days where this is really hard to handle. You know, all of this stuff is completely unprecedented. Um, yeah. So it's it's okay to have a day where you're just like, I I can't deal with this, you know? Yeah, well, I I tend to be somebody who can pretty much I try to at least maybe you guys disagree, but generally hold it together, like no matter what, like personal, Mm -hmm. professional. And I've had, you know, some other stuff happen this year. And I just am like now ready to like cut myself some slack and like. Maybe this week isn't the best week I've ever had. <laughs> like, yeah. that's okay. Strong men also cry, Mr. Lebowski. <laughs> Strong men also cry. What a topical reference, Andy. That's fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> it actually leads pretty well into what we're talking about today. Um, one thing I want to bring up is that along with Mental Health Month, The National Task Force on Lawyer Well-Being and the American Bar Association have introduced Lawyer Well-Being Week, um, which is actually happening right now. Or, well, it will be when we release the episode. Time is meaningless, so just, you know, (laughs) figure it out. Time is a flat circle. (laughs) May May 4th to the 8th is Lawyer Well-Being Week. That's my point. And moving on. So today we're going to be having a conversation about mental health in the legal community, and I will throw things over to Joe to get us started. Yeah, thanks, Laura. We're really excited today because Joan Bibelhausen uh, is with us. She's the executive director of Lawyers Concerned for Lawyers in Minnesota. Uh, She spent over two decades working with lawyers, judges, and law students on mental health and addiction issues. She served on the ABA Commission on Lawyers Assistance Programs, and she's presented nationally on issues relating to attorney wellness, as well as diversity and inclusion. Joan, thank you so much for being with us today. Glad to be here. Thank you. So I wanted to kind of start off with, with the elephant in the room, which is that lawyers face a lot of stress even in the best of times, and these obviously are not the best of times. Uh, are you seeing more lawyers struggle with managing stress and mental health lately? Yes, we are, Joe, but I think that they're um, experiencing it in a different way because uh, 
what we have is a situation where everything has changed and we're trying to figure out how to serve our clients. We're trying to figure out how to have ourselves be safe. We're figuring out in some ways how to save our practices or if we even can. Uh, other lawyers are incredibly busy because the work that they do is exactly what everybody's asking about. Um, there are, you can imagine that there are certain areas of practice where uh, if that's your area, such as, as uh, people who might advise on the CARES Act or unemployment or uh, a, a number of other areas, um, you are incredibly busy. Uh, public defenders are, are busy, but DWI lawyers are less so uh, because people aren't driving. Um, so we're, what we're seeing is lawyers are experiencing stress in different ways. Um, and they're also seeking help in, in different ways. So they're engaging with each other on how are you handling this? They're engaging with people to talk about, yeah, this is kind of hard for me, but they may not necessarily be setting up a full meeting with a counselor because they don't have time for that right now. If you start out by looking at the whole lawyer, what you're going to see is that it's not just how we think. It's not just our occupation. But the National Task Force on Lawyer Wellbeing produced a report called The Path to Lawyer Wellbeing, Practical Recommendations for Positive Change. And one of the things they included was uh, an understanding of well-being, which is the whole lawyer. It's not just how we think. It includes our um, physical well-being, our spiritual, our emotional well-being. Um, it goes beyond just the, just the uh, intellectual part of it. And so these stressors are impacting our entire uh, well-being in ways beyond uh, what we're usually expecting. And they're also impacting our clients in different ways. So they may come to us at a different at a different place in their stress than we're experiencing. And we have to be mindful of that and aware that uh, everybody is, is experiencing this in different ways. You can kind of look at it along Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that um, not everybody is uh, experiencing this in the same way and at the same time. And it's also affecting different parts of our uh, of who we are at different ways and in different times. Yeah. So I that's a really interesting point that there are lots of different drivers of stress right now. Um, you know, some people are incredibly busy. Other people may be experiencing a lag or uh, income security issues. Um, you know, I'm wondering Let's say, let's say an uh, attorney is coming to you uh, with a different kind of stress than maybe you're feeling. Maybe, maybe I'm feeling overwhelmed with being at work and maybe somebody, you know, a colleague of mine comes and says they have income security issues. Are we going to handle those differently in terms of how we treat it? I mean, do we need to take kind of each individual approach as a one-off or are there some things that everybody can do to help manage stress, uh, kind of regardless of where that source is coming from? I think a good way to look at that is to really analyze uh, to the extent that we can, you know, what is a normal reaction right now? Because uh, we're, going to have a, we're going to have a range of emotions. And the fact that, that your reaction or the place you are is different from somebody else's uh, isn't so uh, important as the fact that we all have resources to deal with this. Um, so we're going to have a, what's normal is that we're going to have a range of emotions that might be beyond what we're accustomed to. Um, I talked to one lawyer who said, uh, I've handled a lot of things. I've dealt with some very difficult and um, 
contentious and uh, sometimes traumatic circumstances in the work that I have done for decades. I can't handle this. I don't know how to handle this. I'm used to being in control. And so it doesn't matter what is hitting you. That's one of the ways it's happening. So we have limited capacity to manage what we're used to managing because we don't know what to do with it. Um, and, you know, one of the things that is stressing people out a lot is they're not getting as much done. It's a lot more work to work remotely. And we feel like I should be more productive. Uh, somebody told me I'm on Zoom all day and I'm lonely. Um, and we might be grieving for what's, um, what's typical for us uh, that we're missing, or we might be grieving because we've had deeper loss. When we're hit with something that's unexpected, uh, that causes stress. And that can create fear. Fear is part of survival. That's fight, flight, or freeze. That's, that's what fear is. And, but we have loss of control over how long something's going to take, um, how much it's going to impact us, when it's going to occur. We're used to having that control, and we don't in these circumstances. Uh, so understanding that some of our feelings are going to be normal um, and being okay with that. Uh, being okay with the fact that, okay, I, I am responding to this in this way. I am having these reactions. That is normal and that's okay. Instead of, I ought to be able to manage things just like I always did. That's such a good point because, yeah, as lawyers, we're so used to being in control of circumstances and we want to be in control and we want to manage things. And there's just no way that we have control over some of the things that are going on right now. And I I personally have been feeling that, um, you know, with with exactly like you were talking about working from home and being on Zoom meetings, um, you know, it is harder to be as productive and it is harder to know what your day is going to look like from day to day. Um, so I, I think that's really good to know. And, and, you know, accepting as opposed to fighting it, just saying this is exactly how I'm feeling and it's gonna, it's okay to feel that way. You know, I don't have to be in control right now. Um, yeah. When we're looking at the various aspects of uh, what who we are and what comprises our well-being, so we're looking at um, these aspects from the National Task Force, which are occupational, intellectual, spiritual, physical, social, and emotional. Uh, I would add cultural to that. So these are all things that are important in being able to do our best work and in order to be our best selves. And um, they're going to be impacted in different ways. Um, and so when we look at how do we work our way through this, I refer to it as expecting the expected. So knowing that these things are going to happen, knowing that your emotions are going to vacillate and that your emotions may vacillate because one or more aspects of those of that well-being is being impacted today. Uh, you may be noticing that um, usually you do physical work. Uh, you, you exercise and now the gyms are all closed and the thing you usually do is more strenuous than the walking or running you might be able to do. Um, and so those emotions will vacillate. Uh, we think we ought to be able to be perfect through this. Um, lawyers look for perfection. We expect perfection in ourselves, uh, sometimes in others, but much more in ourselves. And can we be in a place we, where we can be okay with them doing the best I can? So when you look at those circles um, that are part of the diagram, the, the aspects of well-being, take a look and say, where are you feeling most triggered right now? Where are you finding that you are most stressed? Uh, is it that 
you're thinking about, I'm not being able to get to the gym, I'm not being able to do these sorts of things, or is it I can't hug my grandchildren, or I can't hug my nieces and nephews, or I, I can't see people personally that I want to, that social connection is what, what is hurting the most. Well, if you can look at that and you can think about it and say, this is, this is where I'm feeling the most impact, then what can you do about that? Because when you look at touch, for example, it release, releases a chemical called oxytocin, which is a positive, I, I won't go into all of the brain chemistry on that, but it's a positive hormone. And so, well, I don't have touch, and so I don't have this, and so I'm miserable. But we have five senses. So right now, while you can't touch unless you're sheltering in place with somebody, you can use sight and you can use sound. And you can pay attention to people as they are. And so your Zoom meeting where someone does this cursory, how's everybody doing, that doesn't fix that. That doesn't add that. But who can you have a meeting with where you just say, where you make the commitment to, to look into each other's eyes and to make that connection that way? Because that can be, if you're committed to it and if you're mindful about it, as powerful as the human touch can be. So looking for other ways to find that well-being aspect. And then the other, other piece I want to add to that is where are you finding the positives? So I'll give an example of sight. One of the things I'm doing because my why is closed is I'm trying to walk every day. And um, I am seeing flowers that are different today than yesterday. And so I am finding that that, that connection with nature is something that's really helpful to me. And so I'm hanging on to that and I'm demanding it. And it's become something that I need to do every day, uh, even on a rainy day, to get out there and have that connection, which has become important to me. Yeah, I want to agree with that, Joan. We've been, my wife and I have been kind of forcing ourselves to get outside. And it's it's really something to realize just how much like 15 minutes of sun can help kind of boost the spirits, even if you don't feel like moving. <laughs> <laughs> and Joan, you mentioned kind of finding the thing that is driving your stress and then managing it that way. Um, you know, I imagine for a lot of attorneys, they're not used to thinking this way. They're used to thinking like, um, I'm going to power through, uh, this is something that I can handle. Uh, you know, if I just kind of ignore it and, and work through it, it'll go away. And along with that, there's kind of a reluctance to enter into this realm of, of taking care of yourself. You know, there's, there's kind of this, um, I'm, you know, this doesn't apply to me because, you know, I'm successful. I'm doing a good job. I'm helping people, you know, I don't necessarily need this kind of approach. And, so I, I sense that there's sometimes a reluctance to reach out and there's sometimes a reluctance to engage in this kind of healing behavior, uh, you know, for whatever reason. Um, so I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about reaching out to people who maybe haven't done this before and have maybe some hesitancy to, to get involved with maybe talking to somebody, even if it's just a coworker on a Zoom meeting. You know, what, what would you say to somebody who's, who's on the fence about whether they should start talking about some of these issues that they're having? Well, they need to feel safe doing it. And um, if you're looking around and everybody's saying, I got this, you're going to feel like you're the outlier. 
and everybody around you doesn't have it. Uh, and so sometimes you have to trust yourself. Um, I think that, you know, we talked about Maslow's hierarchy of needs where first you've got to get your safety in place. Then you've got to have your basic needs met. Um, and you can't really do those things. And you, you can't move on to the things that might include self-affirmation or um, other aspects of well-being until you've got those things in place. And if you feel that you don't, you're not ready to go there. And I think that there's uh, a couple of things that can make people reluctant. One is that I can handle this myself. Um, I've always done it before, uh, which is why I gave the, the very successful, accomplished attorney who said, I don't know how to handle this. If uh, that's something that someone is sharing um, and you hear that, maybe you can say, you know what, um, I could use some help handling this too. Uh, one of the things we're seeing is that People will say, well, I'm not that bad off. There's got to be a lot of people that are worse off than me. I'm still maintaining. I'm getting my work done. I'm frustrated with some things, but I haven't had a panic attack. I haven't had these things happen. Therefore, I'm not going to use the resources. Um, it's not like saving the personal protective equipment for the health workers. It's not like that. Mental health is for everybody, and you don't have to be in a particular place to deserve to use those services. Um, However, when we're looking at satisfying these basic needs and the fact that the, our to-do list, which we would have accomplished on a normal day in our office, is only half done, if even that, the idea of scheduling an hour with a counselor, if you can even figure out where to start, is overwhelming. And so one of the things that lawyer assistance programs are talking about is that you don't have to feel like you've crossed a threshold, but rather, instead of thinking of something like a hotline, um, you know, get the bat phone, something's, there's a crisis. Rather, think of it as a warm line. Think of it as uh, there are people whose job it is to sit there and wait for you to call. And I'm one of them. To just say, how are you doing today? What's, um, what's, uh, what went well today? What's the thing that's kind of bothering you? And maybe we can work through that a little bit. That initial conversation might be where someone says, where you can say, would it be helpful to talk about this further? We can, here's, here's step one, two, three to get you connected with, uh, and we can do that. We can do a direct transfer. We can do whatever it might be to make that connection. And uh, in Minnesota, LCL provides free counseling for lawyers and their immediate family members, uh, law students too. And um, they're doing that all remotely. So you can sit and look at the counselor on your screen and have a conversation about what's going on. And they are prepared to help you work through it and to figure out uh, some tools. If you think about something and it bothers you, um, what's a different way to think about it? If you are not doing something because you're afraid um, uh, or some other thing like that, um, what's a step you could take to move you in that direction? What's a tool that will help you to um, move forward in a way that's going to be positive for you and help you deal with this? We're not going to take away what's happening, but we can uh, find ways to move through it by having support and um, using that support. Yeah, I, th I think that's a wonderful point. And, and for our listeners, uh, we will have uh, a link to a fine law webpage where we do list all of the uh, lawyer assistance groups by state. So wherever you're listening, you can click on whatever state uh, you live in and it'll take you to the, that state's lawyer assistance programs, um, including uh, Minnesota LCL. Um, 
the other thing I wanted to mention was, you know, it, it's happening, at least at Fine Law, which is wonderful, where people are a lot more open about seeking help. Um, you know, I've had more than one conversation with colleagues who just casually mention, oh, I was talking to my therapist the other day. And, you know, it's like, it's it's no big deal, right? I mean, so as soon as some people start to open up and start talking about this, you're like, okay, yeah, everybody is feeling that way. It's not just me. Um, and it's okay to mention that I saw a therapist. Nobody, nobody's going to see that as a big deal. Like, it's just, so that's what people need to do sometimes um, if they're experiencing some of these issues, you know. Um, I myself have called LCL and, you know, I myself have gone to therapy and, you know, I, I like to think that, you know, I'm kind of an average guy, right? I don't, you know, so when, once somebody starts to talk about it, um, I, I think it kind of opens up. It gives people permission to then say, okay, yeah, it's okay. I don't need to cross a threshold. I don't need to be um, at my absolute bottom before I reach out and, and go get help. Um, so I, th I think that's a, a wonderful thing to bring up. Um, you did also mention some of the resources. And so I'm wondering if you could kind of talk about uh, the best way to reach you and some of the services that, that you do for lawyers. Um, and then we can include those in the show notes and make sure that everybody who is listening has the opportunity to reach out if they can. Sure. Um, well, Lawyers Concerned for Lawyers in Minnesota is a program that serves lawyers, judges, law students, and their immediate family members. And right now we are also uh, taking calls from people who are staff in law firms and, and similar organizations. Um, if they don't, you know, if, if they have an employee assistance program, um, they may want to use that as well. Um, and we're trying to, we have a lot of resources on our website. We're hosting um, three meetings a week where people can uh, log in. And uh, we've got uh, uh, one that is following on uh, discussing a Brene Brown podcast. And then we've got a couple others that are a lot more open. And lawyer assistance programs around the country have developed resource lists, are holding different meetings. Um, there are national online 12-step uh, meetings, as well as um, meetings by phone and uh, through Zoom that um, are hosted. Nobody sponsors, but are hosted by LCL. Um, and uh, lots and lots of different things going on that are on our website. That's wonderful. And, you know, we were talking about not needing to cross that threshold uh, in order to call. You know, anybody can use those resources. You know, I'm guessing that a lot of people also have that question of where is that threshold? You know, how do I know if I'm approaching it or if I'm past it? Or how do I recognize it in maybe a colleague or, or an employee that I'm worried about? And I think maybe, you know, I'm not quite sure where they're at and, and if they need kind of more uh, immediate help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question, Joe. Um, so if you find yourself having panic attacks where it really is at a level that is beyond what, it, what you're accustomed to, or if you find yourself ruminating or preoccupied to the expense of other things so that you're not able to focus or you are avoiding what you need to do because you're just reading the news and you're following Facebook uh, rabbit holes, et cetera. Um, if your fears, uh, if you see in someone else or you start to have fears that are going uh, to the worst possible, um, the fears tend to become irrational. If you are feeling like nobody can help, that nobody's going to be able to get you out of this, that there's no hope at all, uh, of course, 
that's a time to be concerned about someone or to ask for some help because people will help you get out of that place. Um, and you know, this is traumatic and the impact of trauma can be very, very difficult on us. And so um, those are some signs. In, in the legal profession, um, we pay a lot of attention to depression, anxiety, and substance use issues. And of course, there are others, but these are, are the most prominent issues for us. Um, anxiety is going to, it might be a problem if your anxiety is threatening your ability to cope. If you feel overwhelmed, if you can't complete regular tasks, or if you overly are pre preoccupied or feeling panicked. Um, there may be depression if you're seeing changes in normally pleasurable activities beyond what you would expect. But a really good uh, sign for attorneys that this is an issue is inability to concentrate, remember, or decide. Um, inertia and paralysis, as well as a depressed mood, not being able to really motivate to do anything. If that is continuous, then there may be a problem and it needs additional treatment. Substance use is an interesting. Um, uh, concept here because, you know, isolation can really be a trigger either for someone who's already in recovery um, and they are at risk for a recurrence or someone for whom their use was not that extensive, but has become more so with the lack of, you know, it's five o'clock somewhere is what we say. Or, uh, and so that lack of boundary, uh, people are drinking more who normally don't drink as much. Um, and people who are in recovery, many of them are engaged in extra stuff because they feel that they need that because isolation is a trigger. Um, and so uh, the principles of recovery, which is that this is something I cannot control and I'm going to every day look at what I can control and do my best at that, can be helpful to anybody who is dealing with a pandemic. Well, thank you, Joan, so much. That was a lot of really good information that I think is really needed right now. Um, you know, we're all going through this in, in various ways and in various stages. And, you know, we may be needing more help. We may be just needing somebody to talk to, but it's, it's very good to stop and take a minute to think about where we're at, what's causing our stress, how can we deal with it? Um, you know, do we need to look at some things like uh, our substance use? And I, I think just just taking a, a few minutes and creating a plan, maybe reaching out is a really wonderful thing to do. And I just wanted to thank you so much for taking some time today. You know, I know you're very busy. I know you've got a lot going on. Um, so I certainly found this discussion helpful and I hope our, our listeners did too. So uh, once again, thank you. And um, hopefully we'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks, Joe. Glad to be part of it. Uh, thanks again to Joan for joining us on this episode. We're going to take a quick break, and then Joe wants to talk about unicorns. Not having enough time to thoroughly review case notes in a brief before filing isn't an option. Legal professionals like you make the time, even if that means pulling long hours and late nights. Well, Westlaw Edge just released a new feature on QuickCheck that will give you that time back. Quick Check Quotation Analysis is an at-a-glance report that shows differences between case quotes in an uploaded document and the actual case language on Westlaw Edge. Use Quotation Analysis to find weaknesses or inaccuracies in your opponent's documents that you could use to your advantage, and to ensure your quotes are error-free, because accuracy is everything. 
To learn more, visit tr.com slash quickcheck. So for our last segment today, we're talking about a situation where a little perspective would have come in handy. Um, I know we're in very strange times right now, and it's incredibly easy for us to have reactions to things that we wouldn't normally have. So, Joe, you want to kick us off here? So y'all know how much I like following these kind of strange cases that uh, maybe there's somebody who does something that you wouldn't typically do. Uh One of these I just saw is kind of a sign of the times. So there was this lawyer in Chicago. uh, He had a client who felt like his copyrighted work was being stolen. Now, that's fine, but this was also at the beginning of the outbreak in Chicago. And so the court had closed. Uh, Chief Judge Rebecca Palmeyer of the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Illinois ended up closing the court. So, but this attorney was not deterred, and so he filed an emergency uh, TRO. Now, his client had a copyrighted work of unicorn drawings and also elf portrayals. Now, <laughs> love okay. it. Yeah. So, so the, the TRO wasn't very well received, as one can imagine. You know, there are emergencies, and then there are pictures of unicorns. Uh, But then he filed a reconsideration and then also another emergency motion after that. The judge was not pleased. And this is a fantastic order that he issued. It's just dripping with (laughs) contempt. Um, Some of the gems from this one was one wonders if fake fantasy products are experiencing brisk sales at the moment. Um, Probably not. Right. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm sure it's important I to the artist. I you know, actually, it, they might be. People <laughs> yeah. don't have much to do at the moment. So that I I understand where the judge is coming from. But at the same time, that might be just the kind of stuff that people <laughs> are ordering online right now to shop away their feelings. Yes. Oh, totally. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he was not convinced. So uh, this was uh, <laughs> Judge Seeger. I, I get the argument. I, w- I wish you were... Uh, representing them, Laura, because that was a well-reasoned <laughs> argument. Thank you. But Judge Thank Seeger you. was not impressed. Uh, he he said, if ever there's a time when emergency motions should be limited to genuine emergencies, now's the time. You know, the, the actual mm-hmm. emergency going on. Um, and I think judges have a couple of phrases in their back pocket for just these kind of circumstances because, you know, they, they love to, to throw these out on occasion. I think he ended up quoting... Elihu Root, who, who said about half the practice of a decent lawyer is telling would-be clients that they are damn fools and should stop. Amen. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, that part is is probably true. <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, anytime you're on the receiving end of one of those quotes, uh, that's that's not a good sign. So, yeah, you know, I uh, this lawyer, obviously, he was trying to be a good advocate. Uh, he was trying to be aggressive. You know, on mm-hmm. the other hand, uh, when your client is is doing unicorn drawings in the middle of a pandemic, it can probably wait a couple of weeks. Uh, you probably don't need to file a reconsideration and yet another motion. Uh, you know, there's a line between being aggressive and just being a nuisance to the court. And in this case, mm-hmm. he definitely crossed the line. So we all love unicorns. 
But, you know, <laughs> let, let's keep some perspective. And, you know, it, it it's something that's been, I think, happening a lot recently, not necessarily with unicorns. This is just kind of an <laughs> example of, you know, when is something an emergency and when is something essential and when is it something that mm-hmm. can be delayed? And I think courts across the country are dealing with this. You know, courts are shutting down. They're understaffed. Uh, everything has to be done remotely. And so lawyers really have to consider when when they can push forward with litigation and when they need to kind of take a step back and say, okay, you know, that this can wait a little bit. Uh, maybe we need to cooperate a little bit more with opposing counsel. Maybe we need to work within the court system. Uh, so this is kind of an example of, of what not to do. And I just, you know... We're big That's... fans of unicorns at our house, and so this one <laughs> caught my attention because, yeah, my seven-year-old loves unicorns. She's obsessed. So and, maybe for her, it'd be it would be an emergency. I mean, pretty much, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, it's essential. Well, that's the problem. It's service. all it's all relative, you know. Yeah. Was I the client think... Lisa Frank? <laughs> I no. Get it? I'm sorry. I, I don't Did know I miss who that reference? is. <laughs> okay. I do think, though, we're going to see a lot coming out after all of this, sort of the dust settles and everything, though, that there are, I mean, we have to pick and choose what we're pursuing um, and what is essential mm-hmm. and what's what's required. But I do think that there's going to be uh, clients who are going to be suffering uh, some harm as a result of some people who are taking advantage of the situation and um, others who aren't maybe um, or or who are taking advantage of the courts being closed and, and sort of forcing people into a position that they wouldn't normally take, um, should the justice system be working normally. So, um, it will be interesting to see how this all plays out as an attorney. It's a, it's a tough thing to be you know, to tell your clients, even though they are losing out, um, on money or, or, you know, they're not able to protect something that they, they own, um, that they could be, they have to hold, you know, put it on hold. Um, that's their livelihood. That's that's something that's important to them. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it all how it all plays out. Yeah, and this is something that I think is going to continue. You know, well after courts reopen and stay at home orders are lifted, I think it's something that um, it you know lawyers are going to be dealing with for a while. Yeah, it's good. I mean, hey, again, opportunity. Maybe it's a chance to get creative about how you advocate for your clients and how you protect them. So. Not all bad. Absolutely. And that's all we've got for today. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of Fine Laws Don't Judge Me. For more information relating to mental health in the legal profession, visit our attorney wellness section on practice.finelaw.com. That includes a list of attorney assistance programs by state if you want to check that out. Um, If you have a little time, leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Stay safe out there and don't forget to take some time for yourself. And you know what? Save the unicorns. Why not? Oh, 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 oh,